At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Josette Norris, who has had an incredible summer of racing, she recently just became one of five American women to break four in the 1500 and break 15 in the 5K, which is a feat that is just absolutely incredible and it's been so fun to watch. I actually knew Josette in high school, so it's it's so cool to see people that I know personally like accomplishing these huge things. It's so fun to watch. This episode was great. She kind of takes us through her improvement process and I, I, honestly, we talk about a lot of different things, so I hope you guys enjoy it, so stay tuned. Before we get started, it would mean so much if you took the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I literally say it in every episode, but it is a free way to support and it literally takes like 15 seconds. I also just love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously makes my day. Since I'm like here in my apartment recording alone, it is so fun just to read your guys' feedback because it, it really has an impact on me wanting to continue doing this podcast and just reading your nice reviews really helps me out so much. Your reviews also help establish credibility for the podcast, meaning high profile guests will see your guys' reviews, see that you love the podcast and want to come on and answer your listener questions. So if you take the time to do that, it would mean so much to me. And if you've already done it, or you just love to spread the words to your friends and your family, that is amazing and I appreciate you so much, so thank you. Now let's get into today's episode. I'm so excited to have you on. This has been a long time coming over the last couple of weeks. And I just told her, I was like, I'm really glad that I pushed it off because you had a really good race again. So I'm glad now that we get to talk about both of them. I mean, you've had like a ton of good races. So. <laughs> anyway. It was a big fun week in California, but I'm very excited to be on the podcast. And just so you know, when I posted it on my story, so many people were like, yes, Emma's podcast is my favorite. I'm so happy. She's my favorite YouTuber. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. I'm so happy that everyone loves Emma. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, that makes me feel good too. So <laughs> gotta love hype that. You up. <laughs> um, to get started, do you want to just like tell us a little bit about yourself? Give us a rundown of who you are and what you're about. Sure. Yeah. Um, my name is Josette Norris. I am 25. I grew up in Tenafly, New Jersey, and um I ran cross country and track. I did, I started at UNC in Chapel Hill. I did two years there. And then I transferred to Georgetown university and did three years at Georgetown. And I am currently in my second year as a professional runner for the Reebok Boston track club. And it's a little confusing because we're the Reebok Boston track club, but we actually 
train and live in Charlottesville, Virginia. So I'm currently in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, living there and training there full time. And um, yeah, that's a little intro about me. Yeah, and you've been absolutely crushing it. Um, <laughs> well, you and I, I feel like we go way back, kind of, I don't even remember the first time we actually met in person, but I remember talking to you during like the high school recruiting process. Like I don't- We were, we were, face, we were Facebooking each other. But right when you asked <laughs> me to do this, I was like, I remember when Emma and me were like Facebook chatting about colleges and like trying to figure out that whole process. And of course, then we both went through the transfer process. So yeah. then I remember we were talking about that again when you were looking after, oh my God. Yeah. So it all started on Facebook guys, our little connection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That probably does not happen with any, like, I, know. I don't know what the ages of people that listen to this podcast, but they're like, what are you talking about? Like who Facebook chats people? Well, what about yeah, like well, popped off back in the day? Like I had huge, like group Facebook chats in high school. Like, oh yeah. That was, that was our thing. Yeah. Facebook. And now yeah. I don't even go on Facebook. It's all about Instagram these days, but yeah. and Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, um, I kind of want to talk about like, cause you and I, I feel like both went through the transfer process in college, which I don't think either of us were expecting, <laughs> which it's kind of funny. Just, I mean, I don't think anyone really expects to transfer. Like no one's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to transfer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we had like fairly similar experiences with that. So you started at UNC. And then mm-hmm. you did Georgetown? Okay. I was trying to remember. I was like, did you, which one did you do first? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, like, why did you end up transferring? Yeah. So a um, little backtrack. Like, I remember I was um, obsessed with UNC when I um, had just, like, I hadn't even popped off with the running yet in high school where I wasn't even going to have the chance to go to UNC or run on the team. Like, it was my, I remember um, my sophomore year that summer, me and one of my girlfriends like went down to Myrtle Beach. I was like going to watch one of her softball tournaments. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go watch softball and go on vacation. And her mom was like, hey guys, you want to stop at Chapel Hill and like go look at all the schools in North Carolina? And we're like, yeah. And so UNC was actually the first college campus that I had ever seen um, besides, I guess, um, UPenn for Penn Relays. But um so that was like my first real college visit. And I remember falling in love with this school. And I was like, imagine if I could ever go to UNC and maybe run there one day. And um, that happened to be like the first summer that I ran in the summer and was like really committed to my running. And um, that was the first year like I did my summer training. I had a great cross country season. I um, I actually I had played basketball up to that point and then um I did indoor track for the first time that my junior year. And that just like kind of gave me a little bit momentum going into that outdoor season. I remember when basketball would start, I'd just throw my running shoes away, not (laughs) run one step for months and just uh, focus on basketball. And um, I didn't realize how important maybe it was to uh, be training and doing a little bit more running, but having that indoor season um, set me up really well for my junior year. And I had a huge breakout season as a junior. Um, my mile time went from a five ten mile to four forty one in just a year's time. Yeah, okay, just that, like for reference. What in, in high school? Um, Wait, what? How? I don't, know, I don't even know if people un- like understand my high school running. And then it's so ironic now that I'm having such a big breakthrough because I feel like it's almost ironic. I remember I was talking to one of like 
um, the re- newspaper reporters that followed me in high school. And I like shocked everyone with this like big breakout season. And now I'm doing it again at the different level. And to me, I'm like, yeah, no, like I feel you're like used to it. You've already like, done this. You've it's, already been this. It's normal to drop all this time in a season. But, um, it's normal to drop yeah, 30 seconds in a mile within one year in high school. Why didn't that happen to me? I'm pissed. I remember for reference. Yeah. My freshman year, I think I ran like 508 in the mile. I was pumped. I was like, yeah. I'm going to get so much better. Like as a sophomore, sophomore year, I think I ran like 410 and I was like, I mean, 510. Oh my yeah, God. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why didn't I improve? I don't understand like what happened. And, um, I think it was just because I thought I could just show up and do no training and replicate exactly what I did the years prior. Um, and then I, I worked really hard like that summer and, um, that indoor season. And I remember my first race indoor race at the New York City Armory, which a fun little fact, I got to do my pro debut at the place, uh, at the first ever indoor track that I ran at. So I got to do my pro debut at the Armory, which is 15 minutes from my house. So that felt really full circle um, for me personally, um, which was really a fun moment for me. But um, I remember I was able to get my mile time down to like five minutes that indoor season. I was like, wow, like that was my goal for all of high school, like to break five minutes in the mile. and um, then like the first race I did in this, I remember I raced Sabrina Sutherland at like this New York meet and me and her, she went 447. I ran 448 and it was like the biggest deal. Um, I mean, like I remember that race so clearly. And then I got to be teammates with Sabrina um, at Georgetown and you got to be teammates with her at Oregon, which is pretty cool. Um, and that was like, that set the tone. I went like 448, 445, 441, like all through the rest of that season. and. Um, that breakout year is what um, got me like these offers for schools to go to college. And um, when UNC was on the table, I, I couldn't believe it. Like that was a dream a year ago. And then it became a reality a year later. And of course I looked at a bunch of other schools, including Georgetown. And I think like part of me inside was like, I have to go to UNC. Like, I feel like I'm like destined to go there. Like, it's like, it's too good to be true. Um, and I absolutely loved my time at UNC. It's like, that was, I picked the, I picked UNC because I thought that was going to be the place that I would love, like academically and athletically and just like the full package. Um, but then after, after my freshman year, I like, I gave it another year and, um, and I still like, I saw improvements in my sophomore year, but I just felt like, I felt like something was missing and that I wasn't going to be able to be like the happiest runner and be able to reach my full potential if I stayed like something something inside of me like even in that second year just was like I think I need something else and um I made that change I don't know I think I my gut like yeah I was like I like I'm very big on trusting my gut and my gut was saying that I need to make a change if I want to do what I want to do in college and I hadn't had the best two years like I saw improvements um from my freshman year to sophomore year but freshman year was tough like that college transition is so tough you go in with such high expectations from high school and um that was um a big like shock to me like I thought it was going to be such a smooth transition and that was really hard for me and a lot of just like learning curves and just like growing pains through the college system and anytime like I had any momentum I just felt like I just took like four steps back and something got in my way. And it was so hard to like get back to where you wanted to be after having an interruption in college. And um, of course, when I transferred, 
I felt like I repeated freshman year all over again. And it was still so hard again. Like um, transitions have been pretty hard for me um, when I think about it. But um, I just like the biggest thing I had my biggest breakthrough, luckily in my fifth year. And it took me until my fifth year of college to really like feel like that runner in high school. Like that's like, I finally felt like free and like confident and just like that runner that I always felt like I could be. And it took me till my fifth year of college to do that. And uh, I'm so thankful it did because that fifth year of going to NCAs for the first time and finishing first team all American and running well that summer, that was the only thing that got me a contract. Like if I didn't have that season, I don't know if I would be pursuing this sport right now still like, because I wouldn't have the support to do it. So, um, I think just, it was definitely, I went through just like the college ringer of just like (laughs) the grind of like trying to get back to where you want to be. And, um, and once I just finally had my feet under me and like had consistency, that was the game changer for me. And, um, I would felt like I was just getting better each and each race in that fifth year. And, um, I've just been trying to build on that consistency in these first two years as a professional. And I'm seeing such a huge breakout now in that second year of like having a whole year of being a professional under my belt. What do you think were the main setbacks like in college? Like what was holding you back from, I don't know, being your, the runner that you saw in high school? I think I really struggled when I would um, get hurt and my injuries were, really weird injuries, to be honest. Like I had some like really bad ankle sprains and I know ankle sprains, like don't sound like a really big thing, but I like, um, I would continue like, so I, it, it affected me. I missed, I transferred to Georgetown and I didn't run two outdoor seasons because something happened either at like the end of the indoor season or right at the beginning of the outdoor season. And one of them was, um, this ankle sprain that I ended up continually spraining and then ended up taping it up so much where I got this like blister on the back of my heel that almost got infected. And like, I had these fluke things where then, um, some people know this, but I got, um, like I got attacked by a dog, um, like on a run and he threw me to the ground and on my quad. And I ended up getting a stress fracture in my femur a month later. And we are like convinced it was because I, it's like literally directly where the shaft of my femur was, where I got um, attacked by the a dog. And we're like convinced that the dog bite caused my femur injury because I'd never had a bone injury in my life. And it happened um, like a month before the outdoor season. I did one race at Stanford and I like limped my way through a 5k with a stress fracture in my femur. And then I ended up not running again for like, it took me forever to come back from. I just like, I am not someone who gets hurt and then like somehow can stay fit and then like get back into it. Like me, I like let myself go. I just like, it's just like, it's so hard to like get back where you want to be. And if I'm not the best cross trainer, I'm going to be honest. Um, But yeah, I think it was just been like setbacks were really hard for me. And as, and I never stopped like believing that I would come back, but like physically getting back to where I needed to be took a long time. And I think I lost a lot of my confidence um, from that. And it took a lot of time to like regain my confidence back. And confidence is huge in this sport. If you can be confident stepping on that line and like believing in what you're doing and believing yourself, um, that's like the biggest part of the battle because it's um, 
it can I be honestly easy think to, like, confidence is like more important yeah. than fitness like at a certain point it's like you mm-hmm. can be a certain amount of fit but if you really believe in yourself like you can honestly make anything happen it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah and that's like I totally agree with that because if you step on the line with any doubt, like against your competitors at this level, especially, and at the highest level in college, like you, you don't stand a chance. Like you have to believe in yourself. And, um, that's been something I've been like learning and just like not playing the comparison game against my competitors and just realizing like, Hey, trust what I'm doing, like be honed in on exactly what I'm doing because everyone's path is so different. And, and, yeah, there's a lot of girls that maybe run a lot more than me as 5k runners and just do a lot different training. And like, that's okay, because I'm doing exactly what I need to do to like be able to step on the line and stay healthy. And um, that's been a huge factor for me. And just, and then once you do it, it just gets like, easier and easier. And if you're able to stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. It's like, it's easy to run fast when you're like fit and healthy. It's the hardest part is staying fit and healthy and being able to um, still just like put in that work when it's like the toughest part when you're in the pool for hours and just like trying to get back to where you want to be. <laughs> yeah. So I was never someone that was like injured chronically. Like I never had any long strings of injury. I only like, I only got injured one time, two times in college. So like I was really consistent and I always just really admire people like you who didn't have like a consistent college experience or someone like, um, like Emily Infeld who like gets injured often or Mm -hmm. has in the past and then but then like comes back and I just I don't know how you guys do it mentally like how are you how do you go through that year like I don't know four-year period of time where you're like not being consistent and how do you stay I don't know in love with the sport like how are you how do you continue going on yeah Emily is incredible with um her story and her comebacks and it's always so impressive how quickly she can come back because that's Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part I think like how she can turn it around so quickly. And that just attributes to her. Like she's so talented and like such a hard worker. And for me, I think the biggest thing, like even in that fifth year, like I missed my senior spring season and I was so excited for it. Um, And then I had a fifth year, I didn't have cross country and it was almost like a relief to not have cross country because I was like, okay, you don't have to rush. Yeah. And I didn't even start like fully running again till like, November, October, like till I actually was like consistently running off of that injury for the first like Stanford invite that must have been in March. Um, so that was, was a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing for me was like, I had to take it like week by week. I feel like I was just like, so focused on like what I could do that week. And I really couldn't look about like the big picture of like outdoors and like putting that stress on myself of like, Hey, you have like you have five months of running left in your running career. Like I was so focused on just like doing what I could in that week. And then I think my week just kept building on each other. And, um, I was using that for a lot of confidence because that was like the one thing I could hold on to. And I think deep down, I like, I've always had this like internal belief in myself. And like, I've been like, I've always believed that I could do something like really special in this sport. And I think like, even if that was in the back of my head and I felt so far away from it, like it was still there, like, and I've never given up on that. And I think I've been able to show that with like, just that comeback in that fifth year, like I needed the foundation. And then once I got that foundation and that consistency, that's what set that season apart. Um, but it was like, it was hard. And I think a lot of times I was like afraid to like, even share my goals out loud or like even talk to my coach about it because 
I felt so far away from that. Like I was so far away in the moment, but um, it's so important to like be vocal about your goals and be honest with your coach and communicate because I think like it's really easy to keep a lot of stuff in. And I think I've gotten so much better at just communicating and um, like advocating for myself and just um, talking through things. Cause it can be scary in college. And yeah. um, especially when you go in there with a lot of expectations and it's not going the right way. You um, yeah, it was hard. I remember like a lot of just conversations, like I would just um, like choke up because I was so emotional because I cared so much about it, but I just felt so like just, what was going on? Like what was happening? Like I just felt so far away from it, but um, I got better. And I feel like I like really broke through some walls in that fifth year. And that was huge for me just to like be on the same page of even what I wanted to do. Like, um, and I think I've had a lot of uh, an amazing support system and people that believed in me and have always helped me get back from my injuries. And that's been just huge to like stay motivated and um, stay in this sport um, even through the hardships. Yeah. Who do you think helped you most like through that time in college? Um, so I actually started, um, me and Robbie started dating like, um, pretty like in, like I was, I had gotten that femur injury and like that comeback, like he was instrumental in helping me like come back from, um, that injury just because like, it was funny. I had never like dated a runner before. And, um, <laughs> I remember at first, like he kept asking about my runs, like, and I was like, why does this, like, why does he care about my runs? Like I'm going on a four mile run at eight minute pace. It's, I'm like, so embarrassed. Like, it's like, I don't even want to tell him about the runs. And um, I'm like, he keeps asking about my running. And I had never like had someone so invested in my running besides just like talking about it with my coach and teammates. And I think I started to like get excited that someone like cared about my running when I wasn't like in the season, like, like the coaches and team were going away every weekend for races. Like I was back alone, like working, like, just like trying to get my feet back under me. And I think I like started to really enjoy that. Like, Oh, he like someone like is invested in me and like cares about me and my running. And it's really cool. And then I remember I was like getting in shape and I like wanted to start bragging about the runs. I was like, Oh yeah, I did this today. Like, and just like that shift in like, almost like I was like excited again about the season. Like it wasn't so much that it wasn't as scary. Um, and I think he made that like less scary, just like in that comeback. And that was huge for me just like to get my feet back under me for my fifth year. And like, I attribute a lot of that success to him and just like also then admiring him as like, wow, he's a professional runner. Like I've always dreamed about being able to like run professionally, go to the Olympics, like um, I'm a big like track nerd in the sense that I love following the sport and, um, I love running and watching people race. And, um, I think that was like really good for me to almost just like see it, like see it. Um, like, and then like, I'm, and then I got, like, we started dating and I was like, um, just having that support system and like that love and care from someone who's been in the sport and done exactly what I want to do. Like that was huge for me. Um, so I would say he was such a big factor in that. And of course my coaches like Julie Cully and coach Baker, um, at Georgetown, like, I think they, they saw, like, they saw my potential and they really honed in on my strengths and helped me get to where I want to be. Like they knew what I could do in this sport. And I really appreciate that as like them, like setting me up for such big success now and like what the next few years can be. And I think they really set me up to now have a successful 
pro career and like a smooth transition going into this um, career. And it's, um, that's been just like having that belief and like people believe in you. That's so big, especially when maybe you're at a point where your confidence and belief in yourself is like lower than where you want it to be at the moment. Yeah. Okay, here we are. I'm writing down, I'm taking a note. Um, find runner boyfriend. Oh everyone, everyone listening is like, mm, that seems like something I would be interested in. <laughs> Wait, okay. How did you and Robbie start dating? I remember when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, such a cute couple. Like, I feel like it was kind of a match made in heaven. I don't know. I just, I remember seeing you guys like first start posting. Together, I was like, this makes a lot of sense. Oh, I'm glad you thought that, you know, I was like, yeah, we got, we're both from New Jersey. Um, we're both runners. Now. Um, I, I met him actually, this is a cool story. I met him back in, um, 2016. So I had just transferred to Georgetown and like in the first two months, team USA was going to go meet president Obama and they were coming to DC and, um, Georgetown was hosting like a party for all the Olympians on campus. So it was like an Olympian like celebration on our campus, like in the Healy Center. And everyone was like trying to get tickets to like go see the Olympians. And um, Emily Infeld came and spoke to our team. Like um, Julie had set that up for us. And that was like, just so cool. We were just like surrounded by all the Olympians. And um, Joe White, who was one of my friends at the time was like friends with Clayton. And I got to, um, I ended up going to the after party um, with the Olympians and like went out to the bar with them. And I remember first I was like fangirling the Bowerman girls and like not even paying attention to anything else. And just like, yeah, I was being a little track nerd. I was so excited to go like hang out at this after party with all the Olympians. I was like, this is awesome. And, um, I met Robbie there and I had known about him just from like New Jersey and everything. And that was back in like 2016. And I thought, of course, in the moment, I thought he was like really cute back then in 16. Um, but we, we like didn't really stay in contact, but we knew each other. And like, I kept feel like I like crossed paths with him a couple times, but we didn't even end up crossing paths again, like till years later. And, um, we started dating in April of 2018. And like, he came to visit me a couple times, like before we started dating to DC and, um, we just like, were a, like a great match. Like we just got along so well. Um, and I was like, we were both really enjoying ourselves. And then we decided to start dating in that moment. And, um, I think we were first like both a little nervous. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm still, I'm still in college. Like I, I'm about to do a fifth year, by the way. Like, I just <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm um, actually staying here for I'm another like, year. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, we just started dating. And by the way, I'm going to still be in college next year, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Just tell people I'm in grad school. That's good. Yeah, even though I'm undergrad because I don't have enough credits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe still tell people you're in grad school. Just yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we, um, I think we we're first like a little like, oh no, distance, and I'm still in school. But um, I think yeah, you know, love, love couldn't tear us apart. So <laughs> distance makes the heart grow fonder, right? So um, yeah, we did distance. Um, for two years, or, or I guess um, a little less than two years, but then uh, once the pandemic hit this year, um, like after coming down to Charlottesville, I like kidnapped Robbie down here, and um, we've just been having so much fun since. And um, and then we, yeah, we got engaged in October of um, oh my gosh, of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. There you go. One. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now it's twenty twenty one. 
So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. And, um, I'm so glad our like paths crossed and almost like it, as I know we weren't dating back in 16, but that's when I met him for the first time. And I almost felt like it was like fate that we like, I transferred to Georgetown. And then that first month I like met him and we always joke about like, why didn't we start dating back in like 2016? I was like, I don't think either of us would have been ready for that. Like how old was I? Like 20 or 21? I don't even know. But um, yeah, we grew up a few years and <laughs> and, um, and now we're here. And um, it was really cute. He actually, um, he ended up proposing to me in Georgetown because like, that's where our relationship started. Like um, everything started in Georgetown because I was there. So um, yeah, Georgetown, not only like holds a special place in my heart for like just where I went to school and having that fifth year and like getting my contract, but also I met Robbie, um, through going to Georgetown. So, um, yeah, it's a really special place to me. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Also the running world is so small. Like I can't, if no one is like, whoever's listening, like if you're not in, I guess like the, I don't even know how to describe it. Like the, the D one running world in college, or just like the more like elite side of running. It is so small. It's like painfully small. Oh. Like everyone knows each other. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't even know how to describe it. But the everyone knows everything. Thing. It's like, yeah, everyone knows everything. So much gossip. But everyone, like the craziest thing about dating Robbie, I was like, everyone knows Robbie. Like we couldn't go anywhere without being stopped. It, it was actually unbelievable. My mom at the trials this year actually, um, and my brother were like oh my God, like Robbie gets stopped by every single person. I'm like, yeah, it's Robbie Andrews. Like, 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 it's just like you, if you go walk in a room with him, like you're going to get stopped and he's going to start talking to people. And it's been so cool how many people I've been able to meet now through him. But also my first year as a professional, like during the pandemic, I didn't get to like race and travel and meet other runners. So I've been like loving just like racing this year and meeting new people. Like I'm not just now, Robbie Andrews like girlfriend at the time or Robbie Andrews fiance like I feel like now I know runners and like I'm friends well, with them. Yeah. I'm like, no you're my friend now Robbie <laughs> so that's been like a fun little shift of just like now I've um now I've asserted myself in this world and I'm not just like I'm like hey um I run two guys all you all you had to do now was just break four and in the 1500 <laughs> and then run sub 15 too like that's all you have to do to like insert yourself in the running world that's the qualification actually so in, in California also. It has to in be California. California. in California. On a high school track. Coast. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan or vegetarian, or you're just looking to eat healthier like me, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. Everyone knows by now that I am obsessed with Green Chef. I literally get so excited when the boxes get delivered to my door because that means my meals are gonna be on point for the next week. Recipes are quick and easy, literally like 30 minutes, with easy step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to help guide you along. And they include pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices, so you can get more chef-curated flavor in less time. It is so nice that ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, because it makes you be able to spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. The ingredients are also seasonally sourced for peak freshness. It's seriously so amazing. I absolutely love it, because the meals are just so flavorful and that's what you need in your life to make a satisfying meal it needs to be flavorful and that's something i don't really do on my own so green chef makes it super easy to have delicious meals like that green chef is now owned by hello fresh
fresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I love to switch between the brands, just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested, go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Now let's get back into the episode. So is West Coast Best Coast now? I mean, you're an East Coast girl, so. Oh man, I I make a joke that like I thrive on the West Coast. Like that time change is great for me because I like to stay up late. Um, I like sleep in until my alarm goes off. Like I'm not waking up before my alarm. So going to the West Coast, like I just feel like I'm thriving. I can stay up late and then I can sleep in and like still feel good about myself about sleeping in. Um, but I had so much fun just going out to California for 10 days for those two races. And of course, coming off like the disappointment of the Olympic trials was really hard. And I think I was just really excited to go after something. And like, I was really excited to have an opportunity to run the 1500 as well, because it was almost like shifting gears away from the 5k a little bit. And the race was going to be set up so well. And, um, that was like a huge race and a huge moment for me, just, um, after like grinding for another month after the Olympic trials and, I put in really good work and I just really wanted to like make the most of like this fitness in my season. And I think like a big thing was like reminding myself of how good the season has been. And just because I had one bad race and it happened to be at the Olympic trials, like that, I was not going to let that like define my year. And, um, it feels really good to like go out to California and I ran sub four and then I ran sub 15 again in one week. And, um, I was exhausted this past week from that week. Like it all hit me this past week. I was been like a zombie, um, but it was very much worth it. And I got to enjoy myself and explore California. Uh, I got to go to San Diego for the first time. And I did a workout with Nikki Hiltz and um, we had so much fun, like between our races, like doing that. And um, I took a trip to Laguna, went to Dana points. So I was just like, I think by yeah, the time you were making biking, your way around, yeah, I was, I was enjoying myself. We were like eating like at fancy restaurants on the coast. I was drinking way too much wine. And then I was like, Oh my God, I got to run a 5k on Sunday. And I was like, Oh no, because <laughs> I was just living on this like 1500 high for a week. Um, and I don't, I think like in most times in the season, I think maybe you're a little bit more just like honed in and like really in the zone. And yes, I was very focused, but I also think I was trying to also enjoy myself. Like this is supposed to be fun. Like I, like I had so much, like it was so much of a stress to like get to the trials and the season has been so crazy. And I think I really focused on like going to California and like getting the job done, but also enjoying myself. And um, I think I did a really good job of balancing those acts. Um, I mean, I think anyone would agree with that. (laughs) So I'm just really happy to like have the world standards out of the way for 2020 and just um those races actually open some new doors for me i actually got invited to two diamond leagues now so Whoa, my season's gonna okay. yeah. oh yeah this is big announcement <laughs> yeah wait which <laughs> one so i got invited to the prefontaine 1500 okay and so i'll be doing my first diamond league at eugene back where the trials were so that would be really cool um and then i got in invited to Lausanne in Switzerland, um, only like six days later. So I'm, and I've never left the country before. So my first trip out of the country is going to be to Switzerland to run a diamond league. So I'm just like, so excited because I didn't think this like European tour was going to be a thing this summer when I like 
the races in July weren't really lining up and I decided to just train and like get ready for this week in California. And now that those two races just like opened up new doors for me. And now I'm like going to have potentially a whole little summer circuit out in Europe if things go well. And I'm going to hopefully be able to get to, into like one more and maybe have three 1500 chances. And Hey, who knows? Like maybe I can get into the diamond league final off of those. Like I'm keeping my options open. So um, yeah, this, uh, this season has just been a little crazy and I'm just so excited. And I feel like I'm just like learning so much because it's all so new and I'm just like trying to take it all in and learn so much and just have fun with it. This is so fast paced. Like I can't even imagine like, yeah. having, having this breakout year and be like, here, go to this diamond league, this diamond league in Switzerland, leave the country for the first I could, time. I like, couldn't believe it. Like Ray was like, yeah, you got into like, after he's like, you got into pre 1500. I was like, all right, amazing. Like, 1500, let's go. And then like a week later, he's like, all right, got to this one. I'm like, this is opening so many doors for me. Like, this is so exciting. Like, um, be, yeah, it's just been, it's really cool. And I think I got so excited after, and that just like reminded me like how much I just like love doing this. And it's been every race this season has been like a new challenge. And I've just been like, gearing up for it and just like trying to test myself like against the best runners and like challenge myself. And, um, like, it's really cool to like, see this hard work pay off. And I'm just like really proud of the season I've been able to put together this year. And I'm like really grateful that I'm healthy and just like been able to do this this year. (laughs) Yeah. So which one's your favorite event now on 15 or five? Oh man. It's so crazy because you, you finish a 5k and, um, not only are you physically fatigued, like mentally the 5k is draining, um, to me. And I finish a 1500 and I'm like, let's go again. Like, um, like my body, like I don't even have enough time to like make it mental. And so even though that pace was a shock, like going out in that 1500, that pace was hard and like a shock. And at one point I was like, oh man, like, I feel like they're like, it's running away from me. Like I was able to then, I think my little, my 5k legs actually helped me be patient in that 1500 because I couldn't go any faster in the time, but my body almost just like got looser as I went. And I was able to like, just progress and get faster in that 15, but it was tough. But that 5k is like, that 5k is tough. And I feel like I'm still like learning the event and I need to still get it like a bit stronger to like really thrive in it. Um, I think I'm just like a couple years from like really thriving in the 5k, but I love the 1500 and I realized how, um, how invested everyone else is in the 1500 after that performance. Like for some reason, you're like, why is everyone inviting me to diamond links for the 1500? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is like, I'm like, it's the 15, the way to go. Like I'm getting all this attention from this 1500. No one cares about sub 15 in a 5k apparently well because i just feel like for breaking four i mean i was 1500 runners maybe that's me too but like i feel like breaking four is just so uncommon that it's like i don't know i feel like more more people break 15 than break four i don't know the Mm -hmm. statistics but yeah and i think it's been um what's been really cool um i think and like unique is that i've been able to do that like in the u.s and i think that's really uncommon Mm because most of the times you see that happen in like internationally or at the biggest stages. And I think, um, and you're just seeing that shift now, like how many people are breaking 15 and like where the U S is going in these events. Like, um, it's so stacked across the board, but also just, I've been trying so hard to like take advantage of the opportunities I have 
because I wasn't getting into any diamond leagues in July. And, um, I like this whole season, I've been like at the beginning of the season, I was like working my way to even get into the fast heat. And it's just like, I've been like trying to capitalize on like what was in front of me each time. And, um, it's, working I've been able to do that. Fast heat. Yeah. And I'm like, no, seriously. I, um, started with like, I think I was in like the second heat of that first race in Texas. And I was like, I was like, I need to get in the fast heat of that. Like I need to be in the fast heat with those girls. And, um, I fought my way in and I got in there, but, um, there was a lot of races, like even just in, um, my first year as a professional, like, like, yeah, you, you're at the bottom, like you're at the bottom of the total, like as a incoming, like professional. And, um, I feel like I've like worked my way up, like, um, and, um, I finally feel like I've like earned my spot now and it feels really good. <laughs> well, you are one of five people to ever, or five American <laughs> women to ever break four and 15s in those events. So I think so you've that definitely, was a... <laughs> definitely earned your spot. I think I've been like, that was like such a cool stat to like see the list of um, who, like who's on that list and who I'm on that list with. Like that was, that was probably like the bigger accomplishment that I saw like getting on that list with those runners of that caliber um like compared to like the times that I was able to put out um and I think just like this season I've been trying to like catch up with what I've been doing but I haven't even had the time to that it's just been like all right like get on to the next one like get on to the next one and now it's like all right now that we're going to the diamond leagues and we're doing this and I think it'll be like at the end of the season it's going to be really like cool to just like reflect and like look of how much I've been able to like grow in a year. Um, and just like really appreciate that because right now I think I'm just like in the motion of it. And I don't even know if I'm like, just like fully understanding yeah. like what's going on. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're racing like week after week, you like literally never have a chance to just sit down and focus on like what you did in the past. Not, and you're just always looking to mm-hmm. the next one. So that makes sense. Yeah. This is definitely going to be a year for you that you probably will never forget in your whole life. Like it just has to be just a very big year. Big big year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And all, and all for like amazing reasons. And um, yeah. And of course, yeah, the trials like were really hard and um, that was also just like, that was my first Olympic trials and at that level. And I think um, the biggest thing is just like learning and like, still just like staying positive and um I've been able to do a really good job at that coming off the trial so I'm just like really happy um with where I'm at considering the everything (laughs) yeah what do you think was like I don't know was what caused like the I guess not as great race at the trials yeah I um that I was like just like lingering on for such a long time after the race because I was like what I remember finished that race and I was like, what happened? Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know because that was the first time where I felt like I couldn't like go, like every time the moves were made in races, I was able to respond. And like, this was the first time where I knew when the move would probably happen, like a mile or 1200 to go. And I couldn't go with it. And that was like heartbreaking in the moment when I'm like, no, like, that's it. That's the race. Like, Josette, like move your legs. Let's, let's go. Like, this is it. And I couldn't. And that was just like, so hard. Like those, that last 1200 meters, just like knowing that if I didn't go then, like that was it. And I think that was just like so hard in that moment. And, um, like leading up to it, I, I think I just like, I was mentally and physically like really tired. Um, like before that move was made, like in the race, I was mentally and physically tired. And, um, 
I think even just like that hot, like heat made it worse because I was already like exerting so much energy to like stay up in the front and like be ready for that move that like the best thing I can describe it is that like, I didn't use my strengths to my advantage of like staying relaxed and calm at the beginning of the race. And that race felt like a full 5k from the gun. And normally it feels like you only race like 2k because you're just like riding along that first 3k, not really worrying about positioning. And then like, I slowly progress. And like, this was the opposite of that. Like I raced from the start line all the way to the finish. And that was, um, taxing on the body physically and mentally yeah and, and probably that, with that yeah. like 1200 to go when you felt like you didn't have it in you like it that last 1200 probably just had to be so hard like mentally and physically just like you know okay. that it, the race is not going to go as you want to and you still have it's like a decent amount of time to go like that's not a short amount of time mm-hmm. yeah. and I was in no man's land I was running alone oh um, in fifth place um for three laps and then in the last hundred meters last actually the last like 10 meters three people passed me and I no response from me like I was exhausted um and I think it was just like in my head I was like if I I think it was just so hard like watching from um like just in front of me in that last 1200 that like the end of the race I was like I just need to get to that line and whatever it is it is at that point like so that was like that was tough and of course my, like you could say my worst race of the season happened to be at the Olympic trials, which is the race that you've been preparing for all year. So that was like a hard pill to swallow because I was so physically prepared and like the buildup couldn't have gone better. And like my confidence and just like mentally, I was in a really good spot. So I think that was, um, a big lesson to learn. And I almost like needed that experience to learn it. Like no one no one can tell me their experience and just like hope that like it can go okay without like I needed that experience I think and like only I can have that experience and no one else can like have it for me um and like that I think I've like done a good job of just accepting and like making sure that like when I'm at that stage again like I know everything that I can do to like be better and not have that disappointment that I felt yeah I mean I think you are like the definition of someone that bounces back though I mean like (laughs) And also just proves that, I mean, the Olympic trials and the Olympics are like obviously a very, like the biggest race, whatever, but there's so many other races that you can do. Like going to diamond leagues is like huge, mm-hmm. still very similar caliber to the, like the Olympic races. It's oh just yeah. Like, yeah was- it's just the title of the Olympics. I know is like really big and obviously everyone has that goal, but it's also like, it's not the end of the world. Like you see people like you or Kate Grace, like obviously capitalizing on like the fitness, you're not just going to give up when, when the Olympics yeah. aren't like in the cards, you know, I was laughing when people were like, Oh, so is the season done? Like, um, and a lot of people are like asking me that who are still in college. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're like gearing up for their cross country season. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah they're like, like ready. They're like, all right. Yeah. All the college yeah, people are like, like, we're oh, done. No, no, no. Like the professional scene, like your whole summer is racing. Like, this is like what I've trained all year for, like to race till September. Like, so, um, seeing Kate Grace, like bounce back was like, such an inspiration for me and um it's funny like she got on a plane right away and started racing and um I trained for a couple more weeks and like built like a whole new base and then raced again so it's really cool that like to see us like approach it in different ways and like see success and I think I was definitely like she got me fired up and I almost was like so fired up to race again coming off the trials because I was like wait a minute like I'm fit too. Like I want to show, show off this fitness and like show people what I can do. So I think that almost like got me 
more excited to race than just like if I had raced right after, like, I think I needed a little bit more time to process that. I also didn't get into any races in July. So that was part of it. (laughs) 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 But, um, (laughs) thank God for sound running though. They they really set me up well. (laughs) They came through. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been really exciting to watch and it's like, it's so fun for me personally, like as an outside spectator to like, see all of my friends, like people that I, like you or Nikki or even like Sabrina, like just seeing people that I ran with or like I crossed paths with a bunch of times, like either in high school or college, like being able to accomplish these amazing things. It's just so, so fun and so personal to me because it's Mm -hmm. like, these are all my friends. So it's just so exciting to see people that I know personally doing so well. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun to watch. So I love the entertainment factor of it. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) we're all running amazing times i love it oh yeah it's a it, that's been, the olympics have been so much fun to watch right now i'm like so invested in it as just like a fan um i'm like yeah i need to get up tomorrow morning for these next races like it's a big day yeah i'm just glad that i'm on the east coast though because like the west coast people they're all my friends are like just getting up at three in the morning like Ugh. yeah that is rough i'm like okay wait i need to get at least eight hours right now yeah yeah sorry i don't know if this uh semi-final of this race is worth it you know today's episode is brought to you by organifi you guys know i have been drinking my green juice and my red juice every morning and it has really kicked my day off on a good note i am obsessed with organifi organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar i've also been obsessed with their complete protein i've been using it every single day in my post-workout smoothies Also in my oatmeal, it's absolutely fire. Like baked oats with the Organifi Complete Protein Vanilla flavor is absolutely amazing. The green juice is a perfect way to start your day. It has essential superfoods that help reduce stress and reset your morning. And it contains a clinical dose of ashwagandha, which supports healthy cortisol levels, which you guys know is something that I've struggled with in the past. But since I've been using my green juice, my cortisol has actually gone down. It also is really convenient. I just take a scoop with water and I also combine it with the red juice. The red juice helps recharge your mind and body with a delicious superfood berry blend of premium organic superfoods that contain potent adaptogens, antioxidants, and a clinical dose of cordyceps. And it helps promote energy with zero caffeine and only two grams of sugar, which is what we love. And Organifi chooses the highest quality plant-based ingredients for optimal health. And each blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers. And all of it is just really convenient. So since we're athletes, we're always on the go. Having something like Organifi, so you're just able to get in those extra nutrients is so important. If you guys are interested in checking out Organifi, I highly recommend you can go to www.organifi.com slash for 20% off all products. That is www.organifi.com slash for 20% off all products. Now let's get back into the episode. What's been your favorite event to watch so far? I mean, that 800 this morning was unbelievable. Um, I'm like, Leading into this, the Olympics, I think I was the most excited to watch the 800, like men's and women's 800 and the 400 hurdles, men's and women. And like the men's 400 hurdles and the women's 800 have lived up to the hype. And I'm so excited to now watch the other two um, coming up. Um, I think those are just such cool events to watch. And the 800 is like really almost scary to watch because the rounds are, it's the hardest part is like get to that final, like me getting it through the rounds and like, not falling like it's just like there's so much on the line and of of course our team usa in the hurdles is unbelievable um 
yeah, I'm actually like really excited about those two events. And um, then I would say like, I mean, it's so hard to pick. Like I love the 15 too and the steeple and then like the 5k as well. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's the event I want to do. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the mid distance and like the hurdles have been um, such a highlight for me. And even just watching that long jump the other day. Yeah. I've been, I've been loving it. It's been really cool to see. And um, I've been like, it's funny this, a lot of this season, like leading up to these races, I've watched a lot of races to almost like learn from them in a way. Like, cause I'm like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't been at that level yet. And I want to be there. Like I'm going to watch these races and like, just like follow the runners, like that I want to follow um, and do what they're doing in races. So I feel like I've been like really invested in just like learning from rewatching You're all studying. these races. I'm studying. I'm You're studying, studying the tapes. All right, guys, like get on YouTube and start searching up these races and, and start putting in the work, been, start doing your homework. Yeah. yeah. Get out your notepad. Yeah. Yeah. I've already got one note. Find runner boyfriend. And then I'll, add, I'll start adding to that. So yeah. watch YouTube. Um, <laughs> um pro runners. <laughs> Two people probably are actually like writing this down in their notebook right now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, maybe but yeah, that's um, been, in a weird way. That's been like big for me because, um, I'm like learning from it because I haven't been able to do it at that stage yet. And that's like, I'm, I want to do that. So it's been kind of cool to like learn and study from these races and then also just become more of a track nerd from it. <laughs> yeah. What have you learned? Anything? Um, yeah, I think I've learned a lot of patience in races. Like even just like, I've, um, really worked on that, like staying extremely patient and, um, positioning and like making sure a lot of my races, I've been able to like cover a move when maybe like people are falling off and I'm like, I, I don't get out too fast in races. A lot of times like I'll you'll find me in like the mid pack or towards the back, but I like make my way up to the front, but it like requires a good bit of concentration in the way that I'm like making sure that I'm not getting, I'm falling back so far where then I'm going to miss the big move that's happening. And I think a lot of that is like, you need to be, I've learned to be more just like aware of like when I need to move and like staying patient and just positioning better. Um, and I think I've done a good job of like replicating that in my races and, um, it's yeah, even, um, have been like, just feel like I just like learn, I learn more from each race I'm doing this season. And that's been pretty cool. Um, it's been a lot of learning this season, yeah. <laughs> learning and growth. Yeah. Well, that, that's exciting. That bodes well for the future. Then if you're already going to improve on things that you're learning right now, <laughs> We can only hope to see what will happen in the future. What do you have any goals? Like what are your main goals for your entire running career? Um wow. Yeah, that was a big uh, I mean, well, I don't like I feel like I um just like I mean, I want to make that Olympic team so badly. Like Paris um in 2024, like that's a huge goal of mine, but like there's so much to look forward to in these next few years and like I think like now the biggest focus is like hey making my first team, like making my first team, like, of course the world champs next year, like that's my major goal. And it was really cool to get my qualifiers out of the way this year. So now like, that's not the focus, like the focus is now just racing. And, um, I have a little bit more freedom next year, but to represent USA is like my major goal right now. And, um, like a new goal that I want to do is I really want to try to break two in the 800. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to add my list 
I want to add myself to a more exclusive list. Yeah. Of people what? And try How many people um, have done that? How many people have done the triple? Um, I'm just sorry. Robbie's giving me coffee right now. <laughs> oh, good. Wait, bring me one hey, too. Look. Wow. Yeah, Robbie, where's Emma's cold brew? I'm on a cold brew podcast right now. Actually, I should be giving it to you. I keep telling everyone this. I need to start door dashing people coffee. I need to do that next time. Oh, that would be that would be cool. That's yeah. a nice little. I should do that. I'm going to do that starting season three in a couple of weeks. I'm going to start doing. That. But so sorry, you're I'm like, not actually sure. I'm not actually sure who's on that list. Um, I know Ellie is. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not too sure who's on that list. Well, who, um, who are the other four that have done the double? um jenny shannon shelby ellie oh me shelby's broken she's broken too right she's broken too she has to okay. she has to have broken too i'm saying <laughs> she has to um so yeah so yeah, that's see, it. i don't know people's time has jenny and Shannon? i don't know but um i gotta do a little more stalking research for that someone yeah come on someone do your homework write that down <laughs> but that would be that would be a a uh, really cool um, thing to do. I definitely would need to work a little bit more in my speed work and uh, I, I think I'd need a few attempts at it, but um, that would be something to try to look forward to and run an 800. I'll run the 800 before doing a 10K. That's all I'll tell you. There you go. No 10K for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no 10K coach Fox. Like, you're like, let's keep going down. Oh, wait, that, that's kind of like a bad, like a choice you have to make. It's like, okay, you either go up to the 10K where you have to run six miles around the track or you have to, all out sprint and do the worst event in track, the 800 oh. meters, the hardest, I should say, not the worst, the hardest. Both are, both are the hardest events. But then everyone's going to argue. Stay, like, oh, the steeplechase is the hardest. 5K, yeah. I'll stick with my 15 and five and try to yeah. hang with that for as long as I can. Yeah. I don't think the 1500 is the hardest event in track and field. Like I would not say that it's the most physically challenging. I think it might be tactically, it's really hard, but I feel like, the 800 is harder and probably the 5k and the 10k like physically the the eight and five i would say extremely mm-hmm. eight five 400 hurdles yeah those, okay those are my picks okay bold prediction we're gonna have people fighting <laughs> over this. oh no well actually yeah. no one can comment on anything so no one's gonna be able to they'll fight in <laughs> i'm their sorry head. guys um Sorry to let anyone down or try. I need to run all the distances actually before making these. Yeah, maybe just try all of them. Like try all the (laughs) events in track and field and see which other ones that you can add to the list of being insane at. Um, Okay, well, I have like just a few questions. Honestly, we kind of answered a lot of them, but um, from the listeners that we can go through to close out the episode. So the first one is Reebok making a super shoe. So they're working on a marathon shoe currently. Um, so I don't, if you mean super shoe for spike or road racing, but yeah, so they, um, our marathoners have been testing out the prototype for um, the marathon shoe. And um, right now we have permission to run in like, um, we have the freedom to pick a spike that we want while they're still not out with a spike that's um, considered like a super spike, I guess, as you can say. So right now they've given us permission on the track to wear that as like, they're trying to catch up with the technology as you've been seeing, like a lot of companies are trying to do. And that's been such a new thing in the track world this whole year and a whole nother like thing to add to the table, which has been really crazy. And a lot of companies are like in the stages of catching up and, um, it's been really 
cool to see the other companies come out with it and Reebok's working on that as well. And um, I'm excited to see what they're like going to put together for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What do you like to do in your free time? Oh, I love to eat. I love eating. A lot of my day revolves around eating food and, oh, wow, eating food, watching TV. I'm like, I'm a big like binger of shows. Like I spend a lot of my time like watching Netflix, watching YouTube, um, like between my runs and stuff. Like, but downtime, like, yeah, like I'm food, uh, like watching TV. Um, Robbie just brought his, um, kittens down actually um they were in new jersey and now they're in charlottesville so that's going to be really fun to hang out with the kitties um but just like hang out i'm like pretty low-key and i'm pretty okay with like not doing too many things in my day and i think that's actually like helped me in like my recovery as a runner but um listen to music um but it's been really fun actually having just robbie with me to do that with because I think it was like a little lonely in my first year pro, like having, having so much free time and like no one to share it with because like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like laying on the couch and like watching TV, but it's just so much more fun. Like just even just like cooking with someone, like eating with someone, just like all those little things. Like that's been um, really nice to have someone who's like literally on the same schedule as me. And we get to do that and spend all day together. So maybe I can like appreciate that a little more because I can do it with someone, but um yeah, those are just like, I just like to hang out, really. <laughs> All right, I'm underlining the boyfriend note on my uh, oh, no! <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, I like need this. I need someone in my life to like bring me cold brew. Come on. <laughs> Who's going to bring me cold brew? Anyone listening? Like, I'll oh. bring you cold brew. When I, come, when I come to New Jersey, I'm going to show up at your door to the city and I'm going to bring you cold brew, okay? No, I owe you a cold brew for being on the <laughs> podcast. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, how often do you lift? We got a lot of questions about lifting. People are interested. Are you swole? Um, oh yeah. Look at this muscle. Only I'm Whoa, okay, kinda. Right you know, I can do 10 push-ups like in 30 seconds. So, Whoa. Okay. I can't do one. <laughs> Whoa. Watch out folks. Um, so, okay. So actually, um, I was like really consistent about my lifting, like all through college, like twice a week on workout days. Like I like to make my workout days really hard and my recovery days really easy. So like I work out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And so I'd like lift on Tuesdays and Fridays as well. And, um, I was doing that all like last year, my first year as a professional. And then like halfway through this year, um, until like the gyms really shut down and like the pandemic hit and like they just like I got some gym gear but it's been kind of like a little bit more I would say um PT lifting if that makes sense like it's more been like keeping my body healthy than just like heavy lifting so a lot of it is like band work or like isolation um like isometrics and just like isolation of the muscles and stuff but it's been more of like PT and like recovery focused this past six months versus lifting, but, um, I do like to lift and I want to get back into a more legit lifting routine, but I also want it to be very, um, like focused and have, um, like the attention, like have the space to do it and not just be like a free for all. So, um, right now it's just been focused on lifting, especially now with like all the racing coming up too and the traveling just been focused on like keeping myself healthy, getting the glutes and hips strong. But, um, I do think lifting is really important to staying healthy 
and like getting stronger and faster. Um, and um, yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Lifting folks. Good answer. I feel like that's pretty like normal. Like just doing it, especially during the season when you're racing so much. It's like a lot of people are eat, like mm-hmm. in the weight room like all the time because it just yeah, it, it's that's another been, element of training. It just t- taxes your body. So you got to be ready to mm-hmm. race. Yeah, the priority's been um like more focused on racing, of course, the last few months and just yeah, just making sure I get to the line healthy and working on like the little things and getting the calves strong for the spikes and like glutes and everything. But, um, a lot of like, a lot of this season also has just been working on like my strides, like, and getting stronger in my strides and mechanics and just like doing hurdle drills and like speed drills and like the supplement work to that is, has really helped like my efficiency and my stride. Um, which I think also lifting does a really good job of, but I feel like I've been more focused on doing like strides and drills and hurdles and band work and that's where the focus has been this season and I've seen a lot of success with it so if you're lifting and you want to start working more on your strides and your hurdle drills and that I think that's huge and it really helps with your like efficiency and just um turnover and I've seen a huge shift in that in my racing this season there we go good advice (laughs) um Okay, well, I won't want to keep you for too much longer, but the last question I have is, do you have any advice to your younger self? Advice to my younger self? I would say that I would, like, be so, just, like, so invested in yourself and your potential and, like, never forget that. Like, never, I wish I was, like, almost just, like, sometimes when I had those doubts, like, I wish I believed in myself a little bit more in that moment because yes, it was there. But like my advice to my younger self was like, keep believing in yourself and keep advocating for yourself and communicating. Like I think communication is so big and um, like being able to talk with, talk it out with your coaches or like write things down. Like that's a big advice that I'd give myself. And maybe that would have, like, I would have seen comebacks a little faster than I would have liked. And it took me a, a long time to get that. And just like, that belief in yourself and like believing in your potential, like that was huge for me. And I think I did a good job at that and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And that's something that I think is really important into like just staying in this sport long-term and seeing success, even when things are hard. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited to watch your progression over the next couple of years, just as like your friend. And I'm sure like, I mean, especially after this year, you just have a lot of people on board. So it'll be so exciting to watch how the rest of the year goes. I mean, in the diamond leagues, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a new challenge. And yeah, it's just been, it's been such a fun time and I'm really excited for the next few years. And like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, the biggest thing is staying healthy and consistent and that's, what's going to set me apart the next few years. And, um, I, yeah, I'm just really excited and and, like really hopeful for the future. Yeah. Well, where can people follow along your journey? Oh, you can follow along my journey on Instagram guys at Josette Norris. I'm like trying to grow my followers through my racing right now, but, um, yeah, like Twitter and Instagram is where you can find me. Um, I'm hoping I want to make like a little like LinkedIn tree with all um, like links to my like schedule and podcast like this. And um, I'm working on that to put that on there so people can have a easier time following along and knowing what is next for me. But 
yeah, you can follow me on that, guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Convos Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. It was so fun catching up with Josette. She's honestly one of the people that I feel like just loves the sport of running and it really shows through her performances this summer. So I hope you guys go give her a follow and just stay tuned for the rest of her season and beyond. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already and follow us on Instagram at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to submit listener questions or just be up to date on the latest episodes. Thank you guys so much again for listening and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.